Hello, everyone, and welcome to Studio Insights with the Bell Vista Studios team. We've got Kim Victoria and myself, Hannah. And in these episodes, we talk about our world of learning design. We ask each other questions, talk about the projects we've been working on, and inspire you through talking about what we're doing so you can apply it to your own projects. Before we get into the episode, I highly recommend checking out our Creator Hub. There are so many resources on resources on there for learning designers, um, from templates to advanced instructional designing, courses, coaching, lots of different things. So check it out in the link below. Before we get into the episode, I have got a little activity for us to do. So when our team went on an excursion, we picked up these, oh, you can't see it with a blur, but basically they're creativity Does that mean cards. you have a messy bedroom behind you? Yeah. <laughs> I've got private things there, Kim. I don't want the whole world to see it. Um, so I've got these cards here and basically the cards help you to think differently about things, solve problems in a different way. Um, so I wanted each of you to give me a number between 1 and 50 and that will randomly select a card that we can share with the audience. 47. You only want one number there, right? <gasps> <laughs> Good number, Kim. That's Why? one of my favorite numbers. One is of my favorite it? numbers. Yeah. Okay, so this is a problem-solving technique for everyone and for Kim specifically as it is her special number. Oh, God. When you go to sleep, your unconscious mind continues to process your thoughts so your dreams can provide a useful, if sometimes cryptic, approach to a problem. Try to harness their powers by writing out the problem you're trying to solve on a notepad and leaving it with a pen by your bedside. Before you go to sleep, read the problem out loud to yourself and consider it for a moment. As soon as you wake up in the morning, start writing. Try to record every detail of any dreams you might have had the night before, before they wash away. Try to cover at least two or three sides of paper with your notes, then look for a hidden solution in what you have written. Oh, thank you. All that. Vic? Well, I can think of as your dream story that you wrote that time. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to turn it into like a audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give more context, Vic? <laughs> Do you still remember the story? Yeah. Not really, no. Oh, God, I was going to say if it's memorable, I should probably continue writing it. No, I just know you had a dream and then you wrote it down in the morning and put it in a Word document and it was quite lengthy and you had, like, pictures in there. Into <laughs> a book or a movie or something. Yeah, no, I had this dream and I woke up with the weirdest feeling that this was going to be, like, a best-selling book or movie. Like, it just, like, blew me away what I had seen in this dream because it was like watching a movie that I really enjoyed. So I, for everyone listening, I wrote it down as if I was writing a novel and added images to remind me of what the, the scenery looked like. But basically it was like the end of the world sort of situation. Remember I was working on my laptop and I was like, I didn't want to finish working, but it was like the explosions over the ocean. <laughs> Have you still got that? Maybe we should Yeah, I've still it. got it. I could release it one day. Oh yeah, yeah. put it on the creator hub. <laughs> If anyone would like to read my story, comment below (laughs) and we will, I will work on releasing it. (laughs) Um, My number is six. Six. Um, The key to lateral thinking involves disrupting routine patterns of thinking. 
So it follows that disrupting routine patterns of working practice can also enhance creative thinking. This might involve using a different operational process at the production stage. A thick paintbrush instead of a pencil or an object that is produced by hand rather than by machine. On another level, it might involve something as simple as changing part of your daily routine, such as the route you take to work in the morning, the form of transport you use, or the location you choose to work from. An art director and copywriter at one advertising agency claims that by simply changing seats at their respective desks, they would start having fresh ideas. Changing your routine changes your perspective and therefore the way that you approach problems. Look out, people, because I am in the passenger seat today, not the driving seat. Oh, so, look out. Woo, shit's about to get loose on the other side <laughs> of the island. Oh, my God. Maybe right. Cool. The right side mm. of my bed instead of the left side. <laughs> <I'm> walking, <laughs> walking the three steps to my desk. <laughs> You'll never know the amazing ideas that could be produced from that, Vic. I'll definitely give it a go. Um. All right, Vic, you can ask your question first. You don't want a card, Hannah? Are we, are we liking this? Do you want me to pick one? Yeah. All right. Um, 16. Try modeling, your prob- <laughs> Try modeling your problem using plasticine or toy bricks. While doing so, think of the various factors that are present in the problem that you face and how to best represent these in your three-dimensional medium. Once you've done that, try using the model you've created to explain the problem to a friend or colleague. Get that person to help you refine the model until it is a perfect representation of the problem, then take a photo of it. Now examine the model and look at what needs to be changed in order to solve the problem. Make the necessary changes to the model and take another photo of it. You will now have two photos, one of the problem and one of the solution. The transformation of your model will provide you with a metaphor for what you need to do to find a solution in the real world. Mm. cool interesting very cool thanks hannah I like that that's all right yeah they're really cool cards it's good to get inspiration from them um yeah. all right vic you can ask your question thank you um kim my question is for you what um, does love look like in this moment no <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that i appreciate about working for Ballista Studios is our Mm -hmm. flexible working hours arrangement. Mm -hmm. Um, So even though we often have like deadlines for things, there's normally some sort of flexibility in it Mm -hmm. so that we can, um, for example, like work (laughs) during the hours that we find ourselves more productive in or like if we need random breaks for things or whatever, we can make it work. Mm if there's any mini emergencies or anything that come up. (laughs) Um, And, like, I love that we have that option when we need it. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that would like that or would benefit from that as well. So how did you go about, like, creating that environment so that that's possible? Mm, so that other people who want to do that or want to work in a workplace like that or want to create a workplace like that could do that for themselves. Oh, okay. Um, I've already got it, so you're not really helping me, but, like, you can help other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting because it's so simple, but yet it's actually, like, more complex. 
So in terms of the simplicity of it, it's just perspective. Like, why not? Mm. Why not allow someone to take their break when they want to take it? Why not allow them to change their hours? Why, yeah, why not have them tap in, tap out when they're most productive or what suits their needs as long as they're going to meet the um, the deadline that we have committed to? And it, beyond that, we've committed to that deadline with consideration in an agreement. So that agreement is like, can we schedule the project in this way? Does that work for everyone? Yes, we have an agreement. So as long as we meet that agreement at the end of the day, what does it matter? Mm. Um, so why not and why should we? Like, why should we work nine to five? Like we don't work nine to five. We start later. Actually, I, sorry, you start earlier, I start later. Like, why shouldn't I work at nighttime when there's nothing else to do? And all I actually have access to is electricity and my computer kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And why shouldn't I take advantage of what's available to me and what's not available to me? Like everything closes at a certain time here. I literally can't do anything unless I want to be under the stars at nighttime. So mm. it's kind of looking at it that way. Um, I wonder if that came... I think on the simplest level, it's like me, for everyone else that's like you, like everything we have is available to absolutely every single other human being. And the reason is, is because we're proving that. It's just, you have an idea and you can put it out into the world and achieve it. Um, and that's why we're doing it. I guess the question for people trying to either pursue that flexibility, freedom, change of adaption is those questions. Why shouldn't I, or why not? And that will help them think about it from their boss's perspective, the organization's perspective, the customer, their peers, themselves, their family, the people that they love. Why not? Because then you can problem solve to a point of, yes, basically. Yes, that is available to you. Yes, we can accommodate that. Yes, we can change this to make that a possibility for you at the simplest mm. level. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that is useful because I think a lot of people would have these excuses that seem like really very real and like valid to them. But by asking the why not and getting like the specific challenges that they think mm. exist, like some still might always exist. So there might need to be some mm. kind of like, I don't know, boundary somewhere, not just like a free for all for <laughs> flexible hours. But like, mm, yeah. I imagine that a lot of the things they think are reasons or valid probably aren't like when they mm. actually sit down and look at it properly mm. yeah it might just be oh we've always done that like <laughs> which mm. to me doesn't doesn't mean you should stick to that forever yeah yeah and I think to build on it like another perspective is like I very like much think about what do I need as a person first like I'd be a fool and like you guys aren't fools to think that and it's the same for you and pretty much everyone that works in an office I'd say is like I am not productive for eight hours straight I cannot be I can't produce my best work I can't do what I need to do I scroll I look for a video I don't do this but they're probably sorry I was gonna say they're lower on my priority what I do do is I can eat a lot 
because I'm procrastinating. I'm overwhelmed right now. So I go and distract myself. So instead of pointlessly distracting myself with behaviors and bad habits that actually don't serve me, for example, I'm going to go eat another meal that I don't need today and then beat myself up afterwards. It's like, okay, I'm pro- it's a, the ability to identify I'm procrastinating right now. Why am I procrastinating? Um, I'm overwhelmed by the task. Okay, well, if I break the task down and get everything out of my head, is that going to help me? Yes. Um, Or sometimes, no. It's like I'm fatigued from the morning's task. I've done something for two hours now. It's taken my brain. I need to do another complex brain activity task. I'm aware I'm not going to bring my best self. Um, I am procrastinating now by whatever I'm doing. And instead of being guilty about it, I'm going to go, what's going to help me right now? What does love look like in this moment? Actually, a fucking nap. I'm going to go lie on the beach and I'm going to have a nap and I'm going to come back restored. And that hour and a half break or that hour break or that 30 minute break or whatever it is, is the freedom then to come back and be more productive. And maybe Mm -hmm. instead of sitting there after my two hour task to do another two hour task, I am where it it doesn't need to be a two-hour task. When I come back refreshed, it only takes me an hour and it's better work. So it's mm. that ability to look and go realistically. What is playing out for me right now? Like I can't physically, there's nothing probably in the world I can do except for, like sometimes I can't even sleep for eight hours because I wake up and I have to pee and that's a natural state of being a human being. So we're fooling ourselves by thinking that we can be productive for that duration and why mm. should we? Because many years ago, someone said that that was an efficient thing. Well, times have changed. Maybe there's something else that is more efficient that we should at least explore. And I know that as a, as a boss, as a leader, my life, sometimes I have an appointment or a phone call comes up or I need to prioritize something else. And if I need that, you probably need that too. Mm-hmm. And so me to have the freedom and the flexibility to do that and minimize impact and distractions to you it's going what would that look like for you guys well just knowing and communicating i'll be in and out today um but i'm going to meet my deadlines just letting you know respond on time to a text message that's what it's about or that's what it's about but i will get back to you by the end of the day or like it's communicating that freedom because we need it. Like it's, mm. we have to be realistic. Mm. Yeah. We're not being, yeah. It's it's the efficiency, challenging the norm. Like now I'm going on a tangent. It's not very thought out. No, it makes so much sense. Like I even know some days I might have to, like I might have a lunchtime nap, and I'm like, oh, I'm still like exhausted. So I'll like have an hour nap, and then I'll just work late. You can still meet your deadlines, but it means I'm not spending all afternoon being like I'm literally falling asleep at my computer, not doing my best work. Like I come back refreshed and I'm like, now I can actually do it properly mm-hmm. and just work a bit later. Yeah. I think it's so good. And this, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's all. Why not? Yeah. What do you guys think in terms of what works for you? um what do you mean in terms of answer like what would you see as like it's so like it is so simple to have flexibility in the workplace yeah so do you have any insights or tips on like what people can do to 
make that a possibility for them. Well, I think it's making things due by like end of day, not being five o'clock, but it could be midnight. Mm -hmm. So like, not that everyone wants to work at night, but if you're like, I want to go have lunch with my friend or I need to sleep for two hours because I don't feel well or something, mm -hmm. you can just work on it from seven to nine at night or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really helpful. Yeah, I feel like it does mostly come down to communication, whether it's mm. communicating deadlines or availability to, like, if, say, I've given Hannah a task and she might need help, like, for it to work for both of us, I need to be clear to her on, like, when I'm available to help her with that. Yeah, that's good too. So she's not going to get stuck or she's not going to be, like, sitting there waiting for hours yeah. being like, where's Nick? Like, I need help. Um, yeah. Even if it is like I'm not going to be available for six hours, but I you like you have me up until this time, like yeah, so be clear and like those I don't know expectations and deadlines and stuff. Um, yeah, and that sort of yeah, stuff but, is happening. Sorry to go yeah. on that, like yeah, it's yeah. happening around the world, and people should realize that now with like different time zones and global organizations <laughs> where team is like sleeping and the other one's awake like the world functions mm -hmm. it's happening where so use that as a case study for how it might work in your situation just because yeah. it's never been in your situation before it's likely happening because the world is very complex and we're dealing with um like we are functioning with very complex logistical things um mm -hmm happening somewhere in the world so how can we take that and use it mm. yeah definitely yeah I think being like a bit open to like <laughs> be flexible with what you want flexibility wise as well so like with what we were saying before about how we might we might change our hours and say I want to go out to lunch or whatever instead of me just like saying to Hannah you can't contact me after this it might be like oh i'm thinking of doing this how does that work with your schedule like yeah and i might say oh that works better for me anyway because i'm working on something else until two o'clock and then it's like yeah. that need to be like oh i actually could get it to her by two or well, i didn't expect that yeah yeah <laughs> communication yeah just like be yeah. open with each other make sure it like does work for the other people you're not putting other people out yeah because I think that makes it more, like, maintainable because no one's getting, I don't know, no one's, like, resenting anyone for never yeah. being available or for always doing stuff, like, late when it doesn't, when it doesn't need to be like that. Yeah. And that, like, there's so many, actually, it's good to give examples because I think, like, Hannah and I, were, where we worked before, it was a nine-day fortnight in a government. Mm. If a government can give staff and function with all the different departments and ways that they serve a whole city on a nine-day fortnight and make it work then of mm. course it can be made work like mm. and you guys were in London and I was in Australia you know we are literally on the opposite time zones of things we made it work um when like, earlier in the year when I wanted to go to Paris, I knew that I could only be available by starting work at 6 a.m. in Paris to meet the last two hours of your time frame. But yeah. it was not that that was going to happen because I, I knew that I wouldn't be able to function earlier than that, like kind of thing. Yeah. 
um, knowing that that was coming in and setting us up and for three months figuring out how could that work? What did you guys need so that you could function all the way through? What systems, what processes, what information did you need to be able to make decisions? How could we set up the structure of our team knowing that that was the outcome where you would only have two hours access to me, like face-to-face, -face. Mm -hmm. obviously do things, but if you needed to ask me questions so that, we as a team had a sim seamless as possible experience. As individuals, it didn't impact us, but mm. it didn't impact our clients. Like none of them knew really that that was happening for us behind the scenes, you know, or mm. like a, even with me, I'm like running a business and I'm like, okay, well, I only have all of our, like the majority of our clients at that time, were they? We're pretty much in the Australian time zone, I would say. So it was, how can, how can I still do workshops and meetings, which we were doing when I only have two hours to be mm. able to do. So yeah, it, it's work outable. Yeah. yeah. I would say as well, I don't know how to phrase this wrong in the right way, but um, in terms of like, like with what you were saying about how we get RDOs, um, mm. So, like, that's, yeah, one day a fortnight where, like, I'm fully not available, Hannah's fully not available, same for you, Kim. Um, yeah. We never, or, like, it's very, very, very rare that we leave any of our workload for someone else to do. Like, so I mm. think that's part of it. I don't know how to explain it, but that's part of it as well. Like, mm, that is true. That, that makes it work for us to have, like, that flexible time yeah. off it's never like oh, i ran out of time like you're gonna have to do this and then you get pissed off yeah. Vic's not here and now i've got to do it like we yeah part of it as well as like having the processes in place that it's like your work there is no work for you that day that you're not working yeah like other people picking up the slack yeah that's a good point or anything like that so yeah i guess figuring out like the schedule or your tasks to make sure that yeah. that doesn't happen because i think yeah. that would sort of like breed <laughs> negativity around it too oh, yeah. like it's yeah. that. <laughs> no that's it's, it's a really good question and it's probably like we're not doing it justice but even that alone is like the systems the communication the planning to be able to do that the autonomy that you guys have mm -hmm. the resources your skills like everything is set up so that literally you have the day off because it is i'd say like when do we ever contact each other on the days off and say i need this mm. yeah like ever. and it's and even yeah. even yeah evenings like it's like we're not like fuck i need this from you even like yeah it's so self-sufficient and autonomous and individual and everyone mm. takes responsibility for their piece in the like uh, like the chain and yeah. we're set up in advance like before during and after to not have to impact someone or to have minimal impact yeah and even I think like where today like I guess Hannah like it's probably you're better off to speak where you don't have to give context but you did say gotta go mini emergency mm. kind of vibes but like how we're set up to be able to just mm. yeah go for it 
Like, yeah, I think it's like it's good with our work because we know exactly what's expected of us. Like it's very clear in our calendars, like what we have going on. And so if we have like a mini emergency like that, like I felt comfortable with it because I could look at my calendar and I had like already had ideas in my head of how I could resolve things if I didn't make it back in time for things. Mm -hmm. um, and you had like three meetings as well. And one was yeah. an hour when you sent that so yeah just give context to people listening like it wasn't just like oh I can't do the work like you have three meetings yeah so yeah well I think like the first part is we've got such like a good culture that I know both of you understand when something bad happens and you need to get away like I felt comfortable that you would both get it and that I wasn't taking advantage because I think we've got like that trust between all of us where we know like we all want to do a really good job and we don't want to do the wrong thing by anyone and sometimes like shit just happens. So I think like that culture of trust is really important. Um, and then I guess, yeah, the other thing is just thinking about how you can resolve the situation. So like in my head it was like I had a meeting with Kim at 11, but in my head I'm like if I need to leave for the thing that I was dealing with, I had a catch up later in the day. So I'd already said in my head, like, it's okay if I get what I needed from Kim and the catch up later on, like I've got that time booked with her. So I think it's just like going to a little bit of effort of figuring out like, how can I still, it's really just like, how can I still meet my deadlines whilst also having to deal with this additional thing that I had it planned for. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can't meet your deadlines, like that does suck, but it's about communicating to the team and asking for support, which sometimes we do need. Mm. I feel like it is rare, but sometimes we're like, guys, like I have to go for this emergency and there's no way I'm going to get it done. What does that look like for the team? And I think we're really good at coming together and being like, like you might've been like, all right, Vic, what you're working on isn't due today or it's not super important. Let's put that to the side. You take Hannah's work and I'll do my work. I don't know. I feel like we're very good at doing that. Yeah. There's always, like, a solution. There's always, yeah. It's yeah. never, like, life or death. <laughs> with, no. With that. Well, my situation was <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with the work, though, like, there's we've always managed to find, like, there's always a workaround or something. Yeah. A disaster. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, like, today, like, your thing was a significant, uh emergency right like it yeah. actually big deal it was very important that you did that so in yeah. terms of how I think about responding in that situation is going okay your concern make sure that you don't need to worry about anything beyond what you need to worry about so yeah. immediately it's just uh enabling calm for you and saying it's not going to disrupt Vic and I actually answered on behalf of Vic because I was just like if you're in an emergency, I don't, Vic could be busy and not respond. I don't want her to. But what I do is I take responsibility and go, even if Vic freaks out because she's waiting on something from Hannah or needs yeah. something, I can step in and support Vic outside yeah. of this, but it needs full presence to her thing right now. Okay. So make sure that you're okay in that moment. Looking at what are the deliverables in the day. If you're about to run out the door um, and deal with your emergency what are the deliverables that have to be done what can be cancelled how can yeah. I take it on are we going to have communication for the rest of the day are we not 
Do I have mm. access to the things that you're working on so I can just jump in and finish them? Do I have capacity? Mm. Am I willing to work late? All of these things go through our head, but it's in that split second of make support the person in the moment mm. and eliminate all stresses, um, eliminate or minimize impact on anything. So eliminate anything that doesn't need to be done. They don't yeah. need to work about, and that's for all of us. Um, and just basically going down to the basics and then taking advantage of flexibility in the schedule that, okay, well, there's a few things that we're behind schedule on now or that won't get done until next week, but it's okay because yeah. it, our things are not life or death. And if it ever came to your thing is like a, a life or death sort of situation um, and that's the most important thing, but if it ever came to it in our work, um, where it would impact something it would it's okay to go to a client and say I am sorry this is what's happened this mm. is what it means for us and any yeah. reasonable because of how we work and who we are any person would understand that mm. and empathize with the situation and make it okay yeah so at the end of the day, like if everything falls through and the internet doesn't exist or whatever, it will be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is like incredible to work for a team where it's like you understand that stuff happens in life and we all know like what's important to each other, like the importance of prioritising and not having regrets. Like I like that we're all on the same page with that sort of thing. And we also all take self-responsibility to get our shit done as much as we can so i think we've got like a good culture to enable that flexibility as well good question vic thanks all for your insights hopefully that helps mm. the out there who are the peeps. <laughs> trying to live a bit more like us <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, Kim, you can ask your question. <clears throat> okay, you're prepping for some coaching, Hannah, HCD mm -hmm. cohort. What, what's your mindset? What's your strategies for bringing the best HCD cohort to life? Ooh, good question. I'm not finished my prep yet <laughs> due to the unforeseen <laughs> circumstances today, no. but I have... <laughs> started um so i started by watching victoria had sent me some studio insights that we'd recorded that had like really good insight on facilitating workshops and coaching um and the first thing that i wrote at the top was this was like a quote from you vic where you said rather than being like anxious about doing something say i get to be here and i get to do this and you get really excited about Love it that. So that was a really cool one. Um, I had listen more than you talk. Um, focus on gaining a third party bird's eye view of their situation. Mm. So you can like give advice. Um, identify connections with what they're talking about. Um, from Kim, I got thrive on my high vibes. So you said like, just be yourself, like have, let your positive energy and all that shine through. Um, 
I have just been like reminding myself of the HCD process. Like I feel like I do know it, but just writing it down. So it's front of mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, like the creative conversation that leading to a success statement and learning objectives, running a discovery workshop, running, using personas, user interviews, then information mapping. So I've been doing like a diagram of that. Mm. Um, And also a reminder to, if like you're not understanding what someone's explaining, we've spoken about like doing like a diagram on screen that you can both see and like building it visually. And then you can like agree on what the actual problem is and then like go from there. So that's been like really helpful to me in the past. Um, I'm gonna skim my eyes through our playbook. And that's what I've got to so far. Love that. But yeah, I'll get my head in the game a bit more closer to the time but i'm excited for it i think it'd be cool i'm excited for them to have yeah yay all right does that answer your question kim yeah sweet well my question is linked to that as well because i'm obviously preparing for the coaching um I just wanted to know if either of you have any like projects or parts of projects, like examples that come to mind where HCD has helped you to like produce something epic or do something. (laughs) So like real world examples. So I'm like fresh in my mind and I can share it in the coaching if it's fit for purpose. Um. Well, we have the, I think the brainstorming that we did for the psychosocial, like that mm. was having learning objectives and then coming up with ideas before you get into the content and stuff. That was useful. Yeah. Um, so we had a success statement, learning objectives, and then running the brainstorming workshop that we teach. Yeah, the, um <coughs> I think about the cyber examples that we have, the cybersecurity mm. training. So, mm. and we're seeing more with our um, initiatives that they're more like, when we talk about behavior change, it's not just um, e-learning. Like we, e-learning is just one part of the solutions that we've been doing for probably like about two years now because they have been so fully human-centered and it's revealing mm. things like, the team meeting kit, um, uh, individual worksheet to set up your own boundaries, e-learning, like posters, yeah. sheets, um, Stickers. the way that we're solving the problem is coming in more ways than one. So mm-hmm. what would help people at different points in their work day and different points in their work journey over time. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I think that human-centered approach is allowing us to leverage input from others. So a lot of time training is giving, but I feel like some of our stuff now is very much like extracting from the experience and the knowledge of others. So if I think Mm -hmm. about data projects that we've worked on, like Mm -hmm. data and stuff, it's here's a poster 
contribute to the poster in this blank space and mm. make a poster based on your experience. Um, yeah, we talk, we're doing like bullying harassment, um, sort of human behaviors, creating better humans. With that one, it's like, here's a framework to help you set your own boundaries with people around you, like use this toolkit um, to mm. like make your own script so that you can go out into the world and do it. And instead of like for the team meeting kit on that one where it's like create better humans, it's not like the leader standing at the top saying, I don't want you to do this anymore. I need you to do this anymore. It's saying, here's a question what do healthy boundaries look like in our workplace in this situation within this context what mm. is currently working what's an example of how we might do that better if this plays out so we're just an enabling and facilitating things through the mm. art that we're creating but we don't know that until we do the human-centered approach we'd never i don't know if we would necessarily get to that as a training artifact or solution or activity without a human they're just mm. really, uh, coming to mind yeah love that thank you um, nothing <laughs> coming to mind currently yeah well you're doing bits and pieces of id so you're probably more the development side is there anything, I guess, with development, like, do you think about, like, what do you think about that's human-centred when you're developing? Like, would this make sense to me? What sort of people are doing this? Like, that, is there anything that advice you have for that? Um, I guess not. It is, like, not being afraid to question stuff. Because I feel like I sort of just like organically through developing stuff, I might have to come back to one of you guys' ID to be like, yes, what? <laughs> what do you mean with this? Or like, what do you actually want them to do? So yeah. I guess I'm sort of as develop, like to be able to develop it, I sort of have that lens, like mm. I in a way, because it's like if I can't even understand it to make it, then how's the learner going to get it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. Not that that happens a lot because our <laughs> process is very, very good. But sometimes you don't Not know. Not with my like, <laughs> Yeah, take mm -hmm. it from content, like turn it from content into something else. Like yeah, that's kind of testing it as a human <laughs> to be like, does this yeah. like, is this going to make sense how we've planned it? Yeah. Um, I'd say Vic, like Vic's been not developing for a while now, so like it's probably not mind um but if you think about the things like even your task yesterday with the cyber examples and how 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 you came to the conclusion on this is the approach that we should do and this is what the caption should be um was actually very human centered how you're like the things that you're doing even with what you organized with Canva recently like they are all very human centered so maybe i'm just trying to mm of different perspectives where it's like writing an email like you do that all the time and that's yeah. very centered you plan projects and that's very human centered sorry they're just more recent tasks that i'm rather than yeah focusing on. um 
I feel like it does come back to like questioning mm. things again, like with the cyber stuff yesterday, we were talking about doing social media posts. So I was like thinking, like asking myself questions of like what have what social media posts have we done in the past that have like worked, what hasn't worked. Mm. Um if I was to like see this post, what would mm. what would I be looking for in order to see this post and like what would I want to get from it? Yeah. Mm. Kind of like use interviews but on myself mm. <laughs> to figure out an approach and I think yeah. with writing emails it's similar as well like if I was to receive this email how would I feel would I have questions yeah. does mm. it make sense um, yeah <laughs> I can't think of other ones but I feel like it is with the emails we do like we all talk about that a lot like what and we ask each other like what, what did you feel when you read that like yeah how did yeah. you receive that? So trying to use that lens on everything, <laughs> every decision. Oh, they're brilliant mm. questions. Yeah. Well, to many examples. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, and they make, like, especially, like, email posts, anything, like, I feel like it can take effort to, like, switch into I've never seen this before. But I know, like, I physically have to be like, okay, pretend you've never read this, get into another zone. And you read it and you'll, like, most of the time find something where you're like, that actually doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But, like, because you had all the context when you're writing it, you make the, you make it make sense because you make the connections in your head. But I think yeah. it's so valuable to look at it. And even, like, I think we have in our project management template to, like, go for a walk. Like, if you've worked mm -hmm. on something, go for a walk around the block for, like, 15 minutes, whatever. Give yeah. your mind a break and then come back and you'll see things you didn't see before. Mm. So I think even that's like human centered. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, like it can be hard to do sometimes because sometimes you do just make those connections in your head. Yeah. So you see the gaps yourself. But yeah, I feel like <laughs> you get to a point where you have most things covered. Sometimes you still yeah. might have someone else talk at it, but like generally they're like 90% there just from. Yeah seeing yourself like have I been clear <laughs> is it have I been polite like <laughs> yeah <laughs> how am I making them feel <laughs> yeah and even then like with how like have I been clear I could be like yeah but super clear and then I show it to Kim and she's like that's overwhelming as all hell so yeah it's like, in there is clear but it's too much information yeah like, yeah there's lots of <laughs> little... user testing yeah <laughs> so important is definitely beneficial because it can all make sense when you break it down but it's like for someone to get that massive email yeah it's like you've lost them before they've even read mm. your perfectly like your perfect explanation of things yeah size well even like when you check the newsletter so I like write the Bell Vista Studios newsletter each week and Vic will always like just do a quick skim before I send it off and I remember once there was like a quote and you were like, that literally makes no sense. Slash is saying something really negative. <laughs> but like I saw it a completely different way. So I explained how I saw it and you explained how you saw it. And if I hadn't done that user testing with you, mm -hmm. I would never have known that people would have taken it the wrong way. So I think that's like the power of mm -hmm. user testing. Because yeah. I had my head so much in the topic. I was like, no, like that makes sense. 
And then when I heard Victoria's view, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even, like, see it like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, even after you'd explained it to me how you'd interpreted it, I was like, I don't, it doesn't say that to me. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, people can have such, like, different. Different views yeah. or, like, perceptions of what they're reading or. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. All right. Well, good one. Thank you, everybody, for that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this episode of Studio Insights. That one was packed with value, I think. Lots of great topics covered. Don't forget to check out the Creator Hub for instructional design, learning design resources, courses, coaching in the link below, and we will see you in a future video. What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz could I be a better instructional designer that has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating and the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, But we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff, and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.